Welcome to You Are Safe, the podcast. I'm Anne Louise. I'm Julie. Hi, Anne Louise. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I had a day off yesterday. That's probably why I sound so perky. I had a I just laid on my sofa in my pajamas and watched TV all day, and I'm telling you, it was magic. Magic. <laughs> I feel so good. I keep thinking about what we said with some people when they need to uh, feel better. They'll go running or they go out for a walk in the woods or all these things. For me to feel better, I need to do the opposite of what I hear everywhere else. I just need to lay with a blanket and bad TV and I feel grand. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And nobody disturb me, please. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I need. I just need, and I listened to some good music. I was in, I hardly spoke to anyone. I felt great. It's Mm. the introvert in me. I felt fantastic. (laughs) It does charge you up, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how are you feeling? Oh, I ate too much this morning. Uh, So I feel a bit bloated. And you know, um, back in the days, I would beat myself up about that. I'd be extremely harsh to myself. Why did you eat that? Um, you idiot, or, um, why'd you, like, just be very harsh with myself. But this morning, I'm much more, oh, well, shit happens. <laughs> and it, I'd, I don't know if I ate too much. I didn't eat too much. I just uh, wasn't hungry, and I ate anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, is, um... It's my weight story. Last week we heard about your weight story, Julie, and uh, this week it's um, it's my story. And this is very much the common theme of my story, is this harsh inner critic, this harsh uh, judge. Um, and not just towards myself, but towards others as well. And the more I became conscious about how judgmental I am, Um, the less I liked myself, uh, because I don't want to be judgmental towards others, but I felt myself being like, oh my God, look at her. Look at her big arms. Look at her, blah, blah, blah. And wondering how could I, how could I stop that? And well, first I realized that I'm so harsh to others and I'm even harsher to myself. So all the things I think about other people, I will triple that. And I think that, or tenfold think about the think these things about myself um yeah that was a very hard harsh that was a very heavy way to start this topic but I'm so glad you're saying it because I mean you, you probably would have heard I'm very much the same but about myself but I'm I'm also the same about other people as well um and I mean you don't hear that very often that people no, you do hear that very often because you'll see on social media people saying like this person's fat, this person's whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm quite glad you said that because in my head, because then you start judging yourself for being too mean to others. But you're mm. like, why am I not judging myself for being so mean to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very weird uh, spiral. And it it um, it became conscious to me um I'm reading this book about self-compassion at the moment. I think I've mentioned it a few times. I'm a big fan. <laughs> what is the book called and who's it by? Because I, I, I also need this book. It's, it's called Self-Compassion by Kirsten Neff. Or Kristen Neff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have it lying here near me. Um, and it's just, I mean, I'm ready to hear these things now. I think this is very important to, to, to note that I think a few years ago, I, I probably wasn't ready to hear the things that she's saying in the book now, but now I am ready. And um, it's, it's really about being compassionate towards yourself, being mindful, and then being, knowing that you're human, that it's part of being human to make mistakes and, um, and to feel angry or shitty or fail or make mistakes. It's just part of being human. Um, and we need to show ourselves compassion. And so the last chapter I read was actually about weight, like self-compassion and the body. And, and she said, we're so, um, we're, we're so critical of ourselves and we, and then we punish ourselves 
if we don't reach the goals, if we don't, if we set out to, I'm going to eat healthy this week, and then we don't, then we beat ourselves up about it. And then we think, I'm going to do better next week because I'm so hard on myself. But it doesn't work that way. When we start doing things out of fear and self-critic and being critical, um, we're less likely to, uh, to achieve our goals. Um, we need to come from love and from compassion and what do we really want for ourselves and our bodies and our health? <clears throat> um, and, uh, and yeah, it was just a very interesting perspective how uh, we're being so judgmental with ourselves and that's also why we're being judgmental to others. That's just how we relate to ourselves and other people. And yeah, it made me, made me think a lot about this. Yeah, because I used to punish myself a lot about this. Um, punishing myself for failing, for... I'd set out to, okay, I'm going to eat healthy. And then if I don't, <clears throat> um, then I'd punish myself by eating more, by depriving myself of fun things to do. Like I'd, I'd cancel plans with friends because I, you know, I'd make up excuses. But, so, but now I know I was actually canceling because I was punishing myself um, or doing anything that I would love to do. Because I would need to punish my... You just have to sit here, watch TV, and eat. Um, because you don't deserve any better. Um, yeah. And saying that now out loud, you know, that's really terrible. And I didn't know I was doing that when I was doing it. It's now looking back that I can see, oh my God. I was really being... Instead of, you know, if you eat... If you, if you overeat... And then be compassionate and say, oh, well, I fucked up. I, it's just part of being human. And then, okay, let's, let me go do something good for myself. Let's go see some friends that will make me happy or go to the movies or something that would make me feel good about myself. No, I would do the opposite. Yeah. And where, where were you in your life at this point? Like, how old were you? What was happening around you? This was in my 20s in mm. uh, university and uh, 20s. Yeah. Growing up, um, I remember being very alone, very lonely. And what was always there was the food in the fridge. I remember coming home from school, and this was very young. This was primary school. And coming home from school and not knowing what to do with myself. There was nobody home. Nobody was there to be with. And I just opened the fridge, and that was the routine. Um... I remember a lot of eating in front of the TV. And when you eat in front of the TV, you know what happens? You, you, you shut down. You don't know how much you've eaten. Um, you just sort of stuff yourself. Um, and this was teenage, uh, te as a teenager. There was a lot of uh, eating in front of the TV. And just, yeah, I don't remember family dinners um, or any kind of structure around food. Food was more like, Something, something that had to get over with. Come on, eat so we can move on. Yeah. Um, and so it was never about eating good food or quality food or something. It was just like, just stuff yourself with something so that we can, you can go to bed or you can go to school or you can like move on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that all, like that's <laughs> like not a very healthy relationship to food and to nourishing yourself, right? Mm. Um. Um, and then as a later teen, um, I would, uh, start stuffing myself and I'd start drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, and I think, I mean, looking back now, I realize it's always so easy, right? When you look back now, <laughs> when you're in it, you don't, you don't really get it. Um, but looking back, I, I think I was drinking and stuffing myself to avoid feeling feelings. Um, I don't know that I was ever taught or have seen anyone process emotions in a healthy manner. So I didn't, so whenever I had a, an emotion, happy or sad, uh, I would just stuff myself with, to, to, um, to, to push it down, to not feel it. Um, and, uh. And that was very unhealthy, very, a lot of unhealthy food, a lot of, um, a lot of like just a quantity of, of food and then all the alcohol. I mean, 
I I was also someone who loved partying and loved I loved the uh, the university you know started university I'd love going to parties and 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 being on the you know then on the tables dancing and I I mean I loved all that I had lots and lots of fun but looking back I think I was really just trying to avoid feeling or avoid knowing what was really going on inside yeah yeah so obviously all that led to uh being very overweight um and uh, not being happy with myself they're not being I didn't like the way I looked um and and yeah that's very hard to to not be proud of looking at yourself in the mirror and with that comes um wanting to find the right diet the right pill the right magic formula for you to for me to lose weight and there was all this focus on losing weight I shouldn't look the way I look so I need to lose weight and I was not able to um because the focus is so much on diets what you should eat what you can't eat but they never look at why do you even eat the way you eat that and yeah yeah so um so that was my journey you know never feeling good enough never i not really liking who i was and always trying to find that magic pill of having to change something and quickly that's what we're yeah, hearing yeah. a lot isn't it is, is these diets that are like you can lose weight in a week or you can if you just don't eat all these things you'll be you'll have a six pack within a month like everything yeah. is like quick 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 and yeah. like and i bought in i bought into it, all of it i you know oh my god that must really work i'm gonna try that yeah but it never did never never worked <laughs> i feel like it never does in these situations never works because willpower is is a is a resource that runs out we don't have unlimited amount of willpower so you can't rely on willpower um change needs to come from somewhere else yeah which i learned later (laughs) but you're i feel like you're also talking at the time when i mean i feel like we're still hearing a lot of diets but thank god we're also hearing a lot of like diets don't always work and be careful of that but I feel especially when I was like a tween you know from when I was a tween like 90s early 2000s everyone was super super skinny on the magazine covers and it was all yeah. like <clears throat> diets 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 like the amount of diet books we had in my household like mm-hmm. seeing it all over the place so I think it was also just such a toxic time at that point yeah and this was things. exactly that time it was uh end of 90s and beginning of, of the the tw- of the zeros um yeah it was everywhere these quick fixes and um this belief that if you just do this then then this will happen right yeah yeah and then fast forward to when I became pregnant when that little blue line appeared I had I I was in shock like oh fuck (laughs) what do I do now um because I was a smoker and I was a heavy drinker at that time and I had and I knew the minute I I know I'm pregnant I'm gonna stop all this um I'm not gonna be one I'm not gonna be a, a, a smoking and drinking um mom and and or pregnant woman so I knew I had to stop from one day to another and that was bloody difficult um and um and I'm not saying I did it all perfectly. I didn't smoke uh, throughout my whole pregnancy. I'm very proud of that. Um I did have a glass of champagne at New Year's Eve, I think. Um but this was before they said it's really dangerous to drink when you're pregnant. Wow, that made me sound really old, right? I'm not that old. <laughs> um but I remember a few years later they'd say now they recommend that you don't drink at all during pregnancy. Anyway, sidetracking. But I mean, um, they all say yeah. different things, don't they? Because I've, you know, some sometimes it's like if you just have a little one every once in a while, it's not going to cause. Anyway, that's a different. That's a different that's topic. A different topic. <laughs> different topic. <laughs> I um, think that's the motto of our podcast, by the way. That's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but what I what I want to try and get to is when you become pregnant, 
um, you're told by, or and I was told by my, um, was it, was I told or did I just get pamphlets or did I read? I don't know. But the information I received was now you have to stop eating sushi. You have to stop eating um, cheese. raw <laughs> cheese. Raw, yeah. Um, you have to well stop drinking alcohol, smoking, um, and the, and the list was endless. Like these things, I had to stop, and uh, no medications, no uh, perfumes, um, no. If you're if you're gonna moisturize, try to find a moisturizer without perfume in it, and all like everything that you do, all the routines that I used to have, I had to. Okay, I can't use this soap. I have to use this. Because he wanted, I wanted to do the best I could for my kid, obviously, mm. um, as I'm assuming most all oral parents do. And there were so many things that I couldn't do because it would potentially harm um, my fetus. And m my mind kept going to, but excuse me, if this is going to harm my fetus, wouldn't it also harm me? Mm. Like, even, like, shouldn't I stop doing these things even though I'm, even when I'm not pregnant? Mm -hmm. um because the the information is you, you stop doing you stop eating all these things um also while you're breastfeeding mm -hmm. the, the the rules are a little different there's some things you i think you can you can start eating sushi by the time you breastfeed but <laughs> uh, but still no alcohol no medication no blah 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 um and and then when you stop breastfeeding you can go back to harming your body like you used to do before and that was such a weird information to get like really now I can just go back and 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 put all this the, the the harmful creams on my body again the harmful makeup the harmful um hair products the harm <laughs> all these things that I had to stop doing before I have to I can I can just do it again now I mean I understand that a fetus is much smaller and the blood percentage is I mean the toxins in their blood is going to be higher than my I understand that but mm. There must still be a sense that if you harm yourself with these toxins for many, many years, it will have an effect on you. So this is when my life completely changed and I started to notice what was going in and on my body. Um, and uh, when he started eating solid foods also, it was also very... You had these rules to follow. You had... He has to eat this first, and don't don't introduce fruit first because it's sugary. Don't mm -hmm. like there's so many rules. I would on my own. I would have never thought of. Um, don't no milk, no this, no that. I thought, oh dear, if 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 I have to be so careful with how I'm feeding him, shouldn't I also be careful of how I'm feeding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I. Uh... <clears throat> That's so interesting you said that because I literally had a chat with my therapist the other day where I said, um, oh, I just feel like in the future, you know, when I have a kid, I, I don't want them to feel this way and I don't want them to speak to themselves this way. And and I was like, and I said, oh, my 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 future child. And she said, what about your inner child? Why are you not treating, like, why are you not thinking, oh, I want that inner child to be okay, but you're thinking about the future child. So what you're saying is like <laughs> very resonating in me right now. <laughs> yes, isn't yeah. it? It's it's so interesting how all the doctors and nurses and all are so concerned about how we treat our baby and our fetus, and but they're not really that concerned of how we we treat ourselves. Or at, at least that was not my impression. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> back then, and um, this all led me down a road. Um, I mean. Other things happened on the side. I burned out at my job, and I there needed to be a change, and blah. blah. That's a topic for a different, <laughs> different episode. Um, but it it led me to um, this coaching school, this health coaching school, uh, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, and this was a year long course um, that completely changed my life. Completely changed the way I saw food, nutrition, um, how I treated my body, how I treated myself. Um, I mean, it also changed my career. I started working as a health coach, uh, so much more fulfilling than the jobs I had done until then. Um, completely 180. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. How did you even find it? Like, were you looking for it or 
searching for it, did it just appear <laughs> yeah it kind of just appeared because i was um uh, extremely unhappy with my job and i was trying to look around like what else what other jobs could i do and um i i had studied at university and i was never really working with the like i never used my education really um in in the jobs i i'd had and yeah was, that was kind of sad for me and then I, I reached out to an old university mate. Um, we had been really good friends at university. I mean, we're still you know, good friends. And she had, and we'd done lots of projects together. I, I knew um, that we had similar interests. And she had gone to the U.S. with her family <clears throat> and, um, and also really couldn't find a, you know, quote-unquote conventional job that she would... Uh, she also had small children and I, we, we just sort of found ourselves in a similar spot. And she said, I have found this thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to um, become a health coach and I'm going to help people be healthy and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, Ooh, what's that? That sounds really good. Um, and uh, she sent me the link and she said, I, I'm going to start that date. And, and because there was this trust with her, I trusted whatever she did. Uh, and I looked into the school and obviously the Americans, they're so good at this marketing, um, you know, this is going to change your life and this is going to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it was very easy for me. I'm very gullible. <laughs> it's very easy to change my mind. And I was, I was just sold. I thought, yes, I'm going to do that. And I asked her, you know, is it okay that I just sort of copy what you're doing? I, I, I want to do this too. And she goes, yeah, great. You know, do it. <laughs> and, um, and I did. I, I did the same course she did today. I mean, this was back in 2014. Um, yes, 14. We started uh, summer of 14. And it was so nice to do something with her again because we had sort of drifted apart a bit after university. And um, and she now, again, works uh, as, a, as a coach also. Um, different direction. She, she's more, more focused on food and mindset. Um, where I'm, I'm more focused on trauma and what happened, like what, like stuck emotions right now, which is also a lot related to food because I think a lot of people with food problems that comes from something. It becomes from some trauma at some point that ha you're compensating some feeling with food, and this is definitely what happened to me. And you know, reading about. Um, more about various topics. I think that I um, have a binge eating disorder. Like I didn't, I didn't know that this was a, an official thing. But reading more about it, I'm like, yeah, yes, that is me. I used to stuff myself to the point where I'd feel so uncomfortable and hating myself. Um, and um, I can hear my kids screaming. So if you can hear it in the microphone, um, I apologize. That's the reality of the world <laughs> that we live in right now. Um, yeah, so I think, um, I mean, not that it's important that I need to have a label or something, but I, I think it's important to note that it is something so serious that I think it is a disorder. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and to understand, like, I, I know we've talked about labels before and should you have them should be, you know, all these diagnosed, but I think something like that must have just been helpful to be like, oh, that's what it is. Like, instead of just being like, why do I do? Because I feel like you almost punish yourself more when you're like, why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? And as soon as you mm. read something like that, you're like, oh, there's a whole reason behind it. There's a science behind it. There's, you know, all that. I don't know if that's what you got, but I can yeah a little bit I guess a little bit but at the same time I also feel that I have so many different things that it just kind of just adds to the long list of disorders which is me everything's connected though isn't it everything leads yes. to something else yes yeah. because there's the there's the PTSD there's the binge eating disorder there's I I also believe that I to some extent am an alcoholic uh that's a different episode um again and oh, I just there's just a long list of things that I'm not good at and it just doesn't make me feel good to add another disorder to my long list of disorders <laughs> um but but yeah food has been a very um troublesome thing for for a long time and I met when I met my husband um 
he's never had a food issue. And, and he'd say things like, after dinner, I'd say, mm, I want to go have something sweet. So I'd go look in the cupboards and, he'd say, and I'd say, do you want anything? He goes, no, no, I'm not hungry anymore. And I'd look at him like, what has that got to do with anything? <laughs> it's not because I'm hungry. <laughs> it's just because I want something, something. Yeah. Um, so it's been very healing, actually, to be around him and food because he eats when he's hungry and he stops eating when he's no longer hungry. And he eats food that he likes. He won't eat things. He doesn't like fruit. He doesn't eat fruit. You know, even all the books say you have to eat fruit. He's like, well, I don't like it. I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> okay. It's really odd. <laughs> but he is the, the person I know that is the healthiest um, when it comes to food. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just to just to go into my, my IIN experience, mm -hmm. like, what they did was to teach so many different concepts that made so much sense to me. And they also encourage you to try out different things. So there's there's a hundred different dietary theories. You can be vegan, you can be vegetarian, you can be pescatarian, you can be you can do juice fasts, you can do fasting fasts, whatever. There's so many different uh, things, and they encourage you to try them all out on yourself to see how you feel. Mm -hmm. Not just to read an article and say, oh, this must be good, so, so do it. No, try it. Do a juice fast. Do a thing. Try not eating meat for a week. See how you feel. And I love that there was this focus on try it out. See how you feel. If you like it, good. If not, all right, good as well. Oh. <laughs> and then this concept of bio-individuality that what works for you might not work for me and what works for me might not work for you. Um, one he he says that the the main teachers would say um one one person's food might be another person's poison and it's true this thing of never comparing yourself to other people you are who you are and what you're unique um and what works for you might not work for another person and it was so yes <laughs> and and the focus to shift the focus on me and my body and what worked for me such a relief such a yeah <laughs> such a nice thing isn't that so yeah. weird that when we're just nice to ourselves that things feel better <laughs> <laughs> that should be taught in school you know yeah it's... this would stop bullying this would stop low people with low self-esteem kids with um you know low self-esteem this would oh my god it would solve so many problems but I think it start, kind of starts in school. I remember looking at like that pyramid and it being like sugar mm. is bad and this is bad and fats are bad and carbohydrates are bad and all these things. So you're like, okay, okay, okay. Mm. And it's now, only now I'm starting to learn like, hey, some fats are bad and mm -hmm. this fat is really good. And, you know, because it, it also says like, drink your milk. Some people can't drink milk. Like, mm -hmm. and it's just, I, it's only now I'm starting to learn. But why was I not taught when I was 10? Like, hey, maybe your body doesn't handle milk very well or you actually can handle these fats and you actually need a bit more fat or you need this. So I think it's it's just school. Like why are we, that stupid pyramid is in my head. Mm. <laughs> but that, that stupid pyramid is, is really um, what screws it up for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and IIN also focused a lot about this. They have, they have an IIN plate that they recommend um, where... In the middle, that you have half of your your plate with, well, first of all, it's a plate. It's not a pyramid, so mm -hmm. it's it's more visual. It's it's yeah, visually, it it does something different to you. Mm -hmm. And then the different things that you put on the plate: fruits and veg, legumes, and um, can't remember. And then there's a little circle that says fat because yes, we do need fat. We can't just not have fat. We need to have good fat, but and they need to be there. Water. There's a glass of water, not a glass of milk. We don't. Not all of us need milk, yeah. and um, and then what's what they add on top of it is around the plate. There's all the other things that we need to focus on in order to be happy and healthy: your relationships, your career, your spirituality, your uh, physical exercise. 
you know, I've mentioned this before, the, the air you breathe, the people you surround yourself with, the, you know, these things are also really, really important to your health and well-being. And um, <clears throat> this was what, this was a huge revelation for me, taking this course to, to force myself to look at these other parts of my life and realize, oh, maybe I overeat because I'm really unhappy with this friendship. Or I'm, I'm, I can't sleep at night because I'm really unhappy in my job. And when you don't sleep, you tend to crave sugar because your body is tired and it needs something quick to, to, um, uh, to be energized with. Um, and, and, you know, all these, yeah, these other things in life um, that are just as important as the food you eat. Yeah. Sorry, I was taking all that in and just being like, good, because we spoke about it last time and it's really been mm -hmm. in my head, this whole idea of looking, looking everywhere, like mm -hmm. in your life and checking everything else is okay. And, um, and I also feel sometimes it helps a little bit because, you know, when you're out for dinner with friends and you're eating bad food, but because you're having like a nice experience with your friend, you're not as hard on yourself. You're not like, mm -hmm. I'm eating bad food, but you're like, mm -hmm. oh, but I'm with my friends. So that's sort of filling out that good space in my life which is making space for maybe I can have little bad food and it just sort mm -hmm. of balances things out does that kind of make sense it, that's what I was thinking yes. in my head yeah <laughs> yes it does they say uh there's this French women paradox um because French women are are very uh skinny uh, and have very low heart heart diseases And um, but they eat a lot of bread and cheese and and drink a lot of alcohol. Mm -hmm. So if you follow all the rules in terms of um, uh, how many carbohydrates you're supposed to get and fats and all that, that and then correlate that with heart disease, the French women they don't make sense. <laughs> but it's because, or this is what research has shown, it's because they in France a meal is an experience. You don't sit down and you just shove something in your ear and then you go about your day. You sit, they have lunch for about two hours and they sit and chat and they talk and they, and it's an experience. It's a, it's something that makes them really, really happy and part of their well-being. And, and uh, so that's why they don't have any heart problems because <laughs> they're nourishing their heart. <laughs> I mean, I love that. And I, I think of us as, you know, coming from Denmark, we have, you know, when you're home with the family and you're eating Danish Christmas cookies or candy and stuff, but you're you're sitting with your family and you're having these Hugo moments. And mm -hmm. I hardly ever am like I'm being a bad person because you're like this is such a nice experience eating mm -hmm. cake and and it sort of relates back to the last episode. This whole idea of weight gain and COVID because we're not going out and having these experiences mm -hmm. anymore and enjoying food because you're just sitting and going this is just another meal for me to have and let's just get takeaway because I'm too lazy and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry, that was just yeah. really resonating in my head, <laughs> everything you were yeah. saying. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um... Sorry, I keep putting, de derailing you, sorry. <laughs> no, it, no, it's good what you're saying. So you were talking about the plate and everything around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the changes that I made to my diet to my um because it also didn't feel right to sit and feed my son spinach or some well not spinach um mashed up broccoli or something whatever I was giving him it's been so long I can't remember um but this green stuff and I'd be sitting there eating pasta with a big fat creamy sauce and it was like it's weird that's wrong <laughs> that's not right so um, but it, yeah, so changing my diet slowly, changing, um, how I relate it to myself and trying to look at all the other parts of my life. How was I doing? And spirituality was something very new to me. And it was something I unfocused a lot on. And he kept saying, we're, we're material people. No, we're spiritual people, beings in a material world. And we need to feed that spirituality. And I was introduced to meditation and yoga and all this this new thing that for me was very hippie-ish, <laughs> uh, very weird to me. Um, but it but it's great. 
it we I mean now I'm a kind of person I go I go in the forest and I hug trees. I meditate almost every day. I um I have done Reiki trainings like le I'm a level one Reiki. I don't even know what you call it. Um, whatever, like things that I that five years ago I would never have imagined doing. Um, but it's all just been so enriching and so mindfulness. Mindfulness is a very, very, very big topic for me because I think it's the key to healing from trauma. Um, yeah, so all these changes just led me down a road to find out all these other things that were wrong with me. <laughs> By the way, it's not things that are wrong with you. It's just things that have happened to you. That yes, are, thank you. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. You said it once before, and I was like, I need to stop her if she says it again, because there's nothing wrong with you. Good, thank you. And these things popped up, that things that I needed to work with in order to um, be more happy with myself. Um, yeah, so I think, I think this changing my food sort of was the catalyst um, that led me to all the healing that I'm doing today, the, all the mental health healing that I did that I'm doing today and um yeah it's great it's an interesting it's been an interesting journey and I've also healed a lot about my food I don't binge eat the way I used to if I happen to eat too much it's because I didn't pay attention um like this morning I didn't pay attention I wanted to have something to eat before I would meet you um so I didn't pay attention and all right well next time I will pay attention mm. Or you'll yeah. probably not pay attention another time, and then you'll just go, oh, well, didn't pay attention. Yeah. And it's okay. And it's okay. Which is all... And it, it's also really helped my being so judgmental towards others that I spoke about in the beginning. Because I know that the more compassionate I am being with myself, I know I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And I have... I, I want to let go of these aspirations that I want to be skinny and... Um, have a six pack and and have really I mean that would be nice to know what that would feel like but I think the work you have to put in to being to looking like that I just <laughs> it just sounds exhausting <laughs> just talking about <laughs> I have this with my sister all the time we say to each other like we could be really skinny if we just didn't drink wine and eat bread and cheese. And then we usually say that while we're drinking wine and eating cheese. We're like, um, yum, 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 yum. Yes. I just, I just think that I need to let go of this dream of, yeah, looking like that and just being, well, my dream is that I want to be able to eat bread and cheese and drink wine. And because that makes me really happy. <laughs> And I think it's so much more important to know how do we feel on the inside um, and not not focus on how do, we, how do we look in the mirror and what are the judgmental things that we're telling ourselves because those are the judgmental voices. They're not our voices. They're not our loving, compassionate, powerful inner voices. They're other voices and we need to stop listening to them and finding out how do we feel inside. Like, I feel much better when I don't eat meat, and I try not to eat meat a lot, but I live with a family of boys, three boys, and they all really love eating meat, and it's good for them, they love it, so, and I'm not going to cook different meals for all of us, like, no, I'm not doing that, so yes, I eat meat, and who cares, I'm very, I don't know if you've noticed by now that I don't like labels, I don't, <laughs> I don't like people who say, I'm a vegetarian, and I, I just cringe, because I'm like, why, why do you need this label for yourself why why can't you just say I eat the way I eat because it makes me feel good um these label and these rules around food makes me very oh makes me sweat um yeah thank god like you're labels. saying that I need I want more people to say that because then you there's a whole I don't judge anyone for how they want to eat because just like you say, you eat the way you want to eat. But it's when people start being like, oh, you eat meat or oh, yeah. you do this or you do this mm -hmm. and all these things. And you're like, yeah, yeah. OK, like yeah. we shouldn't <laughs> just like I'm not going to guilt someone for not eating meat. That would be weird. Like, don't, you know, don't yeah. guilt other people for eating meat. And obviously, I understand environmental factors. There's a whole big other thing. But 
Like we've said a few times, everyone's just doing what they need to do to survive on this earth. (laughs) Yeah. And unless you're being an actual asshole and doing really horrific things, if you're just being a normal person trying to get through life, like just don't judge how other people need to live their lives. Because yeah. we like, yeah, we're all just doing what we, um, and I think also we we uh, we learn all the time. I mean, um, I could very easily judge the person I was five six years ago, um, but what would that help me? You know, I'm, I knew what I knew back then and I didn't know any better. And also I studied nutrition. You know, I have a master's degree in biotechnology focusing on nutrition. And I didn't know these things about nutrition until I went to this health coaching school, you know. So even someone who's quite educated in f- how food is produced and, and, and what does, how digestion works and how it's, um, you know, how, what food does inside the body. I was very, I knew all that, but I didn't know all these other things about food. How does it actually affect, like, how do I really feel when I eat? Yeah. And what kinds of foods are good for me? Yes, you kind of know because of the pyramid. You kind of know, don't eat sugar, eat eat uh, protein and, and, and dairy, which, you know, we can discuss if that's true or not. Yeah. Um, so I think people are always learning and and you only know what you know you know you can't judge someone for not knowing what they don't know right yeah (laughs) (laughs) sounds so silly but it's the truth yeah so what are the things you would say to the and louise five six years ago what would you say like are the main things you've learned that you would sort of want to look at her and be like hey by the way (laughs) these are the most important things you need to know if you could go go back and tell her Mm. yeah i um the first thing um, I think is the, is the not compare yourself to others. This whole idea of bioindividuality, you are unique. I say this a lot and I'm going to keep saying this until it, you know, every person in the world gets it. Um, you can't compare yourself to others and what works for another person might not work for you. So um, find out what works for you. That's all, that's all that matters. And um, and the next thing that was really, really helpful for me when I started making changes was to find structure. I'd be someone who'd eat, like, whenever. There was no structure in when or what I was eating. And, and, and this came with children because children also love structure and routine. And it's just much easier to deal with children when there is structure and routine. And... That helped my eating so much that I would eat breakfast at 8 o'clock, I'd eat lunch at 12, and I'd eat dinner at 6. And those, um, and then if I was hungry in between, well, I'd have some nuts ready, or I'd have a, a piece of fruit or something. But this routine, and it also, it was so good for my body because um, it knew food was coming. 8 o'clock, you know food is coming, da da and I'm not so rigid about it anymore because I've learned to trust myself much more. But when I was starting to make the changes, it was so helpful to have these. Um, and I think if you're going to change one thing, don't change what you're eating or how much you're eating, but change the routine of when you're eating. You know, Find a routine that works for you. It doesn't have to be 8 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock, but whatever works for you. Um, it, it works for me because I can't eat too close to bedtime. Then, then I'm just digesting all night and I'm not sleeping. So I need to have many, a, a, a quite a you know, handful of hours before going to bed. So 6 o'clock dinner is you know, perfect for me. When I go to on holiday in Spain, it's terrible <laughs> because <laughs> restaurants they don't open until nine or something, and uh, and it's really awful to eat so late for someone like me. Um, yeah, um, so that was never compare yourself, find structure, and then next would be to focus on the quality of your food. So. I, I always say that, um, so my favorite food is a burger. I love a good mm-hmm. burger. Yeah. Um, but I don't love a McDonald's burger. You know, I love a good um, I, homemade burger with whole wheat buns, with lots of, lots of veg, like salads and tomatoes and everything in between. Um, if I can have a homemade mayonnaise, that's even better. 
not not always possible. But um, and then a good piece of meat from a good quality butcher. Um, that you know, that's just the best. And then some potato things in the chips in the in the oven. You know, they. I mean, I live with a Belgian person. He doesn't like oven chips <laughs> because fries are supposed to be. The way they do them in Belgium, but hey, that's a different story. Uh, but it, yeah, it just change the quality of the food. They, if you like chocolate, and I think everyone should eat chocolate, eat the good quality chocolate. Don't eat Kinder or Milka or whatever they're called. You know, mm. eat good quality chocolate. It's gonna make you want to eat just one piece. If you have a dark, good quality dark plate of dark chocolate, you can't eat the whole thing because your body's just like, yeah. it's enough. Because it's such a rich flavor. Um, and, um, and then focus on nutrient-dense food. Um, if you're going to have a lunch, uh, if, you, if you try to picture your lunch and picture it with a lot of different colors and textures and tastes compared to a lunch, um, let's say a Happy Meal in, in McDonald's, which is very bland, it's only... You, you know, one taste, unit taste, there's only a couple of colors. And the calories might be the same in the two, but the, the colorful meal is just so much more nutrient-dense. Um, there are more nutrients. It, it fills you up longer and better, and it, yeah, it just um, fills up all your reserves. And if, so if you focus on nutrient-dense food instead of focusing on calories and numbers or... As you can hear, <laughs> things I don't want to focus on. <laughs> uh, it's just going to serve you much more than, um, yeah, than calories. Does that make sense? Do you understand nutrient-dense food? A hundred percent. Sorry, I'm sitting very quietly. I feel like I've just paid loads of money to get a really good, set, like a private <laughs> tutoring on nutrient. I'm sitting like making notes in my head. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. I love this. Guys, this is really what I, what I want. Mm. Um, and it's for free. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, so that was one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, focus on movement. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Um, I have to exercise and I have to go three hours to the gym to punish my body for something that it didn't know it did. Um, focus on movement and feeling good in your body. Our bodies are not made to sit down all day. Okay, we're made to move, to be in the fields, to pick vegetables, to birth children, to, um, you know, we're, that's what our bodies are made for. They're not made for to sit still in front of a computer. Um, so honor that. Honor your body and, and, and move with joy. Don't move to punish yourself because you ate a big piece of cake and so now I have to go three hours to the gym to even it out. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. Love your body. Move. To love your body. You know, now I go to the forest and I'm hiking and I'm loving it. And I hug a tree and it's so uh, spiritually uh, fulfilling. And I get the fresh air and I move and I'm either I'm with myself or I'm with someone. And it's just so enriching on so many levels. Yeah. Focus on love, like move from love. Or to have these dance parties in, in your kitchen. It's lovely. It's... That's fun. That's that's gonna that's what's gonna make you healthy. Not three hours in the gym punishing yourself. I I love. If you want to go to the gym for three hours and punish yourself, do that. I mean, if you love going to the gym and you feed off of that, that's great. Do that. But it's just not everyone that enjoys that. I love that you say this thing of punishing your body for doing something it didn't know it did. Like <laughs> yeah. it's so true. And I I think of these like movie stars that you know have to train to be fit and all these six packs, but you listen to them, they're so unhappy and they say they're unhappy. They're like, I didn't get to eat pizza and I haven't eaten pizza and, and I had to work out for all these hours. Like, it doesn't sound fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these people no. who are like super fit, ripped, like I'm, I'm thinking of a specific type of people, like they don't sound happy. It mm. doesn't sound fun. Um, and often they do this for a project they do this for a role specific role they're playing um and it's part of their art it's part of um their you know what they want to offer in the world and that's fine that's great for them but 
if it's not part of that, like looking a certain way for actors and 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 um, celebrities, that's part of their job. Mm. That's or at least I think it is. And but looking a specific way is not part of my job. It's not. I don't get paid to weigh sixty kilos. You know, <laughs> it's not part of my anyway. Um, and the not fun. I mean, Hugh Jackman. I saw an interview when after he'd done the final. Um, Wolf, no, Wolverine, Wolf, X Men. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Wolverine um, thing, and and uh, and so the question was something like, well, "How do you feel now?" He goes, "Oh, I can finally eat whatever I want. I've been on a diet for the last seventeen years because I've been having, you know, it's like wow, <laughs> what sacrifice, you know, to play a to play Wolverine. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's what it is. It is a sacrifice. Yeah." Something you said in the last episode, which I keep repeating to myself, is this idea of um, how do I want to live my life? Do I want to be on a diet constantly? Do I want to constantly be punish punishing myself? And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I really don't. If it and if that means that my belly's a little bit bigger, then you know, fine, fine. <laughs> mm. Or if yeah, sorry that. This has been a this is like a TED talk for me. I'm I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That boosts my my confidence. <laughs> Thank you. Continue. Yeah. It, it's all about coming from the inside out. If there is something that you're truly unhappy with, if you if you're truly unhappy with the way you look, your belly hanging or whatever, um then then come from love. Then do make the changes that you need to make. Um, don't make the same changes that your neighbor did because that worked for them. You know, find what, what works for you and what you can live with, what you will feel happy with. And then come from love. Love yourself. Love your body. Love the changes that you're making. And, yeah, that, that you're just going to be so much kinder to yourself. Yeah. I know that someone who's, who lost a lot of weight um, for, for, like, a special event. And I remember talking to them and being like, oh, but, you know, are you, are you continuing, continuing with that? You looked great. Or well, I can't remember what they said, what I said. And the person said, I was so unhappy around that time. I know I looked great and I'd lost weight, but I was in the gym all the time. I wasn't seeing my friend as often. I wasn't eat. I was eating stuff I didn't really like. And although I looked skinny or I looked great, I was so unhappy. And I remember mm. hearing that and being like, oh, <laughs> mm. That's, you know... Yeah, because we're kind of programmed to think if someone looks perfect, and perfect meaning according to the magazines or the social or whatever, then that equals that they're happy, that they're satisfied, that mm -hmm. everything is going great for you. But no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're just proving that, right, with the stories. I know. I even I saw a picture of myself the other day when I was 17, and I was skinny, skinny, skinny. And I looked at that and I was like, I am not, like, I remember my well-being at that point. I wasn't super happy, but I was, I looked as I should, but definitely didn't mm -hmm. feel in my head as I should. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. like, I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd much rather feel how I'm feeling now and maybe be a little bit bigger than be skinny, skinny, skinny and be, feel mm -hmm. how I felt back then. Yeah. And... And also, when I look back at how I looked in my 20s, mid-20s, and I was really big, I wasn't happy then either. Yeah. You know, it's not to say if you're skinny, you're unhappy, but I was very unhappy. Yeah. I, I, I hate it. I mean, I look back at the pictures and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I, let's burn them. I'm so happy I was, that that was all before Facebook and, and because if they would be eternalized on social media i that would be devastating to me like um yeah so so just know that whatever you're dealing with whatever you're struggling with it it's okay yeah <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't fun it wasn't easy and there is a another way there is a way out and it doesn't have to be self-punishment uh, definitely not or or willpower or um, starving yourself, or these, these, these are these are the most devastating things you can do to yourself. Yeah. Or go. I hear a lot of people when they go on these diets, where they're they're like, "Oh, I'm not allowed to eat this, even though it's my favorite food." 
I'm like, you're oh, starving man. yourself of your favorite food. Yeah. Like, your diet is making you go without, I don't know, you know, cheese okay. or something. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm going to share the study that I, that I heard about. Um, that was a, a, a group of Swedish women and a group of Thai women. And they measured the uptake of, of nutrients in their blood after they had a meal. And so they gave the Swedish women uh, some Thai food, traditional Thai food, and they, um, and they ate it, and then they, they measured their, their nutritional uptake of the food. And the same with the Thai women. The Thai women would eat a um, traditional Swedish meal. And, and then measured again when they ate their own um, Thai women eating Thai food and Swedish women eating. And when they ate the food that they were used to, the Swedish women eating the Swedish food, their uptake of nutrients was higher oh. than when they ate the food compared to when they ate the food um, of the Thai, uh, and the same vice versa. So it's not always about eating what the books say you should eat. Uh, because if that doesn't make you happy, your, food, your body is not going to uh, take up the nutrients. Anyway, the last tip is idea of of what what else is going on in your life you know it's not just about the food it's not just about the exercise it's about your career your your um relationships your spirituality how are you being uh, in the world focus on those things as well yeah mm. and the final thing i want to say is this idea of self-compassion do from love everything you do do it for love not from fear Take care of your inner child. <laughs> Treat your mm. body as if it's, you know, a child you're having to feed. And what would you want to give to a child? Because sometimes and you do, do want to give a kid a cake, some cake, don't you? <laughs> yes. Come. Um, what do you say to yourself? Like the things that you say to yourself about your body, would you say that to a child? Yeah. Oh, I love this so much. <laughs> this has been enlightening for me I love this there's so many tips I'm gonna take away and start thinking about like we eat a lot of tv um we eat a lot of tv we eat a lot of food <laughs> in front of the tv um yeah and and I always feel when we eat at the dining room table I eat slower I enjoy it more I think about it more um and yeah I just binge in front of and sometimes it's nice isn't it just eating a pizza in front of tv and being like oh yeah. but yeah. And you can help yourself if you do that. You can um you don't have to mindlessly eat in front of the TV. You can help yourself by portioning before for instance. Mm -hmm. Um if you're going to just bring the portion to the TV. Don't bring the whole you know, if normally you can eat 3 quarters of a pizza, mm -hmm. then then only bring 3 quarters of the pizza in front of the TV. Yeah. And leave the rest in the kitchen. So if you really want it, you have to get up and get it. <laughs> you really have to want it <laughs> I love that somewhere also this idea of um like different textures and colors for food because mm. I really really hate lunch it's my least favorite meal I hate it because mm -hmm. I feel like you have to think I just hate it but I've started doing this lunch where I have like I have hummus and maybe tzatziki and I have some tomatoes and cucumbers and then I have some whole wheat pita bread and I cut that up and I sort of, it's like an experience every time I have lunch because I sort of have to like dip and cut and then there are all these cut and different textures, different like all these. And it's become my favorite lunch. And I, I, I can see it. I know I'm putting like, I know there's a little bit of fat there. That's fine. I know I'm putting vegetables into my body. I know I'm getting a little bit of carbs or, and it's not like a huge, but it's been my favorite. And I think it is this idea of like different, this is when you're like, Julie, that's not a good lunch. <laughs> stop eating that <laughs> no it's not it's a great lunch yeah. but it's it's you know the different tech because normally you know you'd be like I'm just gonna have a sandwich and sandwiches are so boring to me I, just, I hate lunch mm. but this has become my favorite and usually I get sick of lunch really quickly but this has been my staple for the past like month or two and yeah oh mm. I've learned so much today <laughs> I love good it. I'm happy <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story um yeah, I'm I'm so glad you've gotten to this place where you are now. And uh, I was also going to say, you said, oh, I'm so gullible. I just fell for this and I just went into this. But you also said um, part of me knew there was a better way. 
And I think that's really important to acknowledge in yourself that part of you knew there was a better way than what you were doing. And that's why you went and did this, not because you were like, just going to follow along. I think part of you was like, there's a better way than this. And and took you on this path, which has led you here, which is so nice. Yep. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I agree. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for listening so far. It's, uh, it's nice to share because you can sit and learn all these things and then if they're just in your head, it's a bit lonely. So it's so nice to have a, a place to share these things. Yeah. And if you have any questions or stories that you want to share, like, please, let it, please reach out to us. We're on Instagram. You are safe to podcast. You can write messages to us or comment or post or anything and... We would love to hear stories or if you have any more questions. And Louise has a lot of advice to give. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. Or if there are future topics you would like us to cover, we'd love to hear that as well. So thank you for listening.